Hi there, and welcome to episode three of 50 Shades of Green, the official podcast of Climate Group and Climate Week NYC. We're fresh off the heels of Climate Week NYC and thrilled to share some of the impacts and outcomes from a week full of progress on getting it done for climate action. With attendees from over 100 countries, we were proud to host a global contingent of leaders across business, public, and social sectors to address issues across the climate spectrum. Climate action was top of mind, with climate groups Adam Lake ringing NASDAQ's opening bell and iconic buildings across the New York City skyline lighting up green to kick off the week. With your help and in partnership with the A-World app, over 80,000 people participated in Act Now, the United Nations Campaign for Individual Climate Action. This and additional actions propelled our purpose through Climate Week, and through the week, our conversation centered around the themes of accountability, justice, and urgency. Accountability, what does this mean, and who's holding who to account, and what happens when companies and governments fail to deliver? Are we centering the right people, communities, and countries in our work? Are we prioritizing those who are already suffering from the consequences of climate change? And who's paying for that? And urgency. How do we move faster to meet these commitments, to meet tight deadlines, and make progress on climate action earlier than anticipated? We opened the week at the Time Center, where more than 600 business, policy, NGO, and civil society leaders joined our opening ceremony and heard from speakers like the Honorable Chris Bowen, Minister of Climate and Energy for Australia, Kristalina Georgieva, Managing Director of the International Monetary Fund, and Simon Steele, Executive Director of the UN Climate Change Secretariat. Our speakers discussed the importance of key topics like climate in the geopolitical context of today and how to move from climate commitments to climate action. From there, we moved to the Hub Live, where thousands of climate leaders came together for two days of intense discussion and panels on topics at the forefront of decarbonization, clean energy, and climate policy. Speakers included government leaders like California Governor Gavin Newsom and Brenda Mallory, chair of the White House Council on Environmental Quality, business leaders like Kate Brandt, chief sustainability officer at Google, and Paul Pullman, author and former CEO of Unilever, and civil society leaders like Jerome Foster, youth climate advisor at the White House Environmental Justice Advisory Council, and Sophia Chiani, founder and executive director of the nonprofit Climate Cardinals. More than 190 top executives, policymakers, and corporate sustainability leaders joined our closed-door Hub Live Executive Roundtable series to collaborate and share solutions to some of the most pressing climate challenges across the political, economic, and community-level spheres. Stakeholders were invited to discuss issues from stronger advocacy for climate justice issues to the where's and how's of effectively driving green hydrogen rollout and adoption. At our opening day roundtable, former heads of state, CEOs, national climate advisors, global chief sustainability officers, and community leaders came together to honestly discuss the challenges and solutions to putting radical accountability at the heart of the climate debate. Meanwhile, the UN High Level Champions workshop session gathered more than 40 executives and sustainability leaders to contribute to a new report on climate losses and damages launching at COP27. As you may have heard in our previous episodes, Climate Week NYC brought together nearly 400 independent events across NYC featuring heads of state, CEOs, climate activists, students, artists, and changemakers of all kinds. Our affiliate events enabled attendees to explore a wide variety of topics and themes on things like environmental justice, sustainable fashion, food systems, and the built environment. Events like the Nest Summit and Marketplace of the Future showcased interactive installations, exhibits, and panels to make climate concepts and action more accessible to all New Yorkers and visitors from around the world. Finally, this iteration of Climate Week NYC 
saw the introduction of the inaugural Climate Action is Our Business Award Ceremony, where Earth and Me, an Astoria, Queens-based zero-waste store and refillery, took home first prize. And a special shout-out to all of our finalists, Jen E., Celsius, Brooklyn Supported Agriculture, and Riverdale. More information can be found on climateweeknyc.org under our community listings page. Climate Week NYC would not be what it is today without the support of all these wonderful events, organizations, businesses, speakers, sponsors, and staff. Our sincere thanks and gratitude go out to all who participated to make this week a wonderful success, and we can't wait to see you all again next year. Until then, stay tuned for more Fifty Shades of Green throughout the year as we continue bringing the latest on our work at Climate Group and how we can continue getting it done on climate action. Today, we have with us Joy Lehman, Associate Director of Meatless Monday, our official Eat for Climate Week partner. Meatless Monday is a global movement that encourages people to reduce meat in their diet for their health and the health of their planet. Started in 2003 by Sid Lerner, the founder of the Monday Campaigns in association with the Johns Hopkins Center for a Livable Future. Joy, welcome to Fifty Shades of Green. We're so happy to have you on the show and learn about Eat for Climate Week and Meatless Monday. First off, I would love to hear more about your background and how you got involved with the sustainable food space and Eat for Climate Week. Sure. Uh, thank you for having me. I, I actually was the weird kid from Kansas who stopped eating meat when I was quite young, but that got me interested in the environment. And I ended up in, in New York City working in sustainability and corporate sustainability. And I found it really interesting that the entire focus was mostly on energy and emissions and, and water, but rarely was there any discussion about food and the impact of food in climate change and environment issues. So I moved to Meatless Monday because I really wanted to focus on being able to address the environmental impacts of food, but in a way that was very approachable because food is very personal and asking people to make changes in their diet can be a little bit difficult sometimes. But campaigns like Meatless Monday, you know, it's one day a week, it's three meals and, you know, that's a bit more palatable, um, no pun intended. And so, you know, I really wanted to work in a space that could help people make change that was, you know, sustainable in the long term. Great. That's wonderful to hear. And it does seem like it's just one day a week. Yeah, it's one of those things that I think is easily accessible and certainly palatable to a lot of people that are trying to make these changes. And were you at Climate Week? I would love to hear some more about some of your your takeaways from the week or if anything came out of Climate Week with the Meatless Monday campaign as well as for Climate Week or things you would you like to share. Yeah, I mean, it was great to see how how large Climate Week has become, especially coming on the, the backside of COVID, where things just became much more limited. And I think, you know, the number of events, the amount of participation in, you know, live events, online events globally, it really shows that I think we've moved past the trying to convince people that climate change is a thing and moving into can we actually find solutions for it, which is very very promising. Still a long way to go, but I am liking where that trend is heading. And, you know, the fact that Climate Week does have food as one of the categories of interest and where they're putting in focus, I think is needed. And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing that category grow in the future and include more and more 
organizations and events. And, you know, we have worked with the climate group for the past couple of years on Eat for Climate Week, which is, of course, my favorite event of Climate Week. And this is where we worked with local restaurants in New York City to add more plant-based, climate-friendly meals during Climate Week to promote, you know, how delicious and easy it is to actually eat climate-friendly. And, you know, kind of similar to the concept of, of Meatless Monday, it's one week. You don't have to change your entire diet. You don't have to become vegan. But you can make these choices along the way throughout your day, even that do have a climate impact. Have you seen the sustainable or plant-based food market grow over the past few years, whether that's in your own experience or even in participation among restaurants in Climate Week? Yes, all of the above. Certainly. So I have a long history with plant-based eating because I started with it when I was a kid and the food was terrible. I'll be honest, it was pretty brutal for a long time. You either had to make your own food or kind of endure the, you know, wilted salad and French fries when you went to a restaurant. You were really committed to doing it. And, you know, that has changed exponentially over the, and in a very short period of time over the past few years, the number of plant-based options that are available in grocery stores and restaurants and pretty much everywhere that are genuinely good and fantastic one-to-one replacements for meat and also the like more of the whole foods like use of vegetables and grains has improved as well so just the culinary options and expertise has improved as well so you know i can attest from a personal level that is 100 change but when you look at the data too you can see that over the past three years the plant-based uh, retail market has grown over 50 percent you know about 40 percent of households consume a uh, plant-based milk so it's 100% growing. And I envision that it will only continue to grow. And how do you see this growth continuing? Is it just more people adapting to different food choices? Or is there something else going on behind the scenes in terms of adaptation to these sorts of diets and people getting more invested in, in their food choices? Yeah, it's definitely people are more interested in it. I mean, the majority of people who choose to eat less meat or eat less dairy, it's from a health reason. Those numbers change a little bit when you get into younger audiences who are more tapped into climate issues and concern really, truly for their future. But most people do decide that if they are going to make changes to their diet, it's from a health perspective. And that's, I mean, it has the mutual benefit of helping the environment. So there's absolutely no issue with that. But I do, I do think that it will continue to grow. I think more and more meat eaters. I don't envision of the influx of people becoming vegan, but I do anticipate that there will be, and we've already seen this, that more and more people would be in the realm of like meat reducers, flexitarians who are just looking to eat more plant-based, eat less meat for their health and the environment. And I think the more and more that people do that, the easier it will become. I mean, we know from our research at Meatless Monday, people who go Meatless Monday end up eating more plant-based meals and more fruits and vegetables throughout the week. And they just started on that one day. They're, they're not changing their mindset and, oh, I'm going to go vegan now. They just realized, oh, I had some really awesome meals and it wasn't so hard and are making those choices for themselves throughout the week. And so you can see that kind of compounding on itself when people, because food is a very social activity as well. So people eat together and often like the eating patterns of one person will influence that of those around them. So, you know, I do, I do think that it will continue to grow. And even when they look 
looked at the the retail data of people who are buying plant-based meats, like 98% of them are meat eaters. They're also buying meat. So, you know, this really is a movement for everyone. And those products really are appealing to meat eaters, which was their, their design in the first place. And I think that's a great segue into my next question, which is what can we as consumers do to uh, lessen our impact in, in the food space? Is it a matter of reducing our food waste or does it lie in dietary change or combination of both? Definitely both, but they can look different ways. I mean, again, people don't need to go vegan. I say this is a vegan myself. You don't have to become vegan to help the environment. But if you are interested in helping the environment, you know, what you eat on a daily basis probably is one of your biggest impacts on the environment. So, you know, the simple changes can be, you know, meatless Monday, maybe it's a different day of the week, picking a meal, lunch and dinner, typically the more impactful meals because people tend to have larger pieces of meat in the for dinner and lunch, choosing a non-dairy option. But again, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. You know, when you go out to restaurants, you know, check out the plant-based options there. That's always a great place. I like to bring people either to plant-based restaurants or to encourage people to try it because these are professional chefs making fantastic meals. And so you can really see how amazing plant-based options can be because it can be a little intimidating for the individual. Maybe if you're not familiar with plant-based cooking or meals, like what do I make? What if I can't cook vegetables? This tastes terrible. And so, you know, trying those, whether it's, you know, you can go to Burger King and get a a plant-based burger. Now you can go to a salad place, you you know, if available to you, you can go to a three-star Michelin restaurant now at 11 Madison Park and get an amazing plant-based option. But I think restaurants are great opportunities for people to kind of get over the hump of like plant-based foods aren't good. They aren't creative. They're not similar to what I would normally eat. And, you know, you can experience them that way. And food waste is also a very important topic as well. And at least in the U.S., a lot of the majority of food waste comes basically from grocery store into the home. And so it is important also if you're really, you know, wanting to reduce your your impact from food than trying to reduce food waste. My tip is you can freeze lots of things. If you see your fruits and vegetables are on the edge, put them in the freezer and you can use them again. You know, if you can compost, do those sorts of things. And, you know, there's lots of tips and tricks on the internet to be able to help improve your food waste. But that certainly is, is something that we can't ignore. It's not just the burgers. It's those that end up in the trash. Great. Thank you for that advice. I think that's found in my own food experience is being able to see what's really out there in terms of dietary choices and kind of expand my diet. So that's something that I've learned to appreciate over the coming years, just seeing how much is out there. And my last question for you is, there's so many different ways to get involved in the climate space. And this is certainly one of them, but I would love to hear your advice to someone who's maybe looking to get involved in either the, the climate movement or specifically sustainable food space. Yeah. So my best advice is to, you know, take action within your own community and your own environment, whether that's at work or within your family. You know, again, this is the type of thing that can feel intimidating when you're trying to make, I mean, climate change is a huge issue. So it can seem a little bit overwhelming as an individual to get involved. So beyond like the personal choices you make in terms of what you eat or what you buy or what you throw away on a daily basis, if you want to expand that into, into your job, 
job or into your community, you certainly have the ability to do that. Remember, like one of the biggest climate change movements has started by, you know, Greta Thunberg, who was just a girl and a sign on some steps. And it has grown into this massive movement. And, you know, we each have networks that uh, we are involved in. We each have skills that we are, you know, bring to our work um, and into our families. And those can easily be applied to the food space. So if you are very involved, you work for a big corporation, you can work with your HR teams, the sustainability teams there to start addressing food issues, implement a Meatless Monday program. You know, there's a lot of different things that actually can be quite impactful. If you're you know, involved in church or community organizations, these are great places that also you can bring that message, start Meatless Monday programs. You can encourage, you know, anytime food is served, that it be transitioned into either entirely plant-based or mostly plant-based. You know, all of these things give people experience in trial with plant-based options. And here's the thing, make sure the food's good. Do not serve people bad plant-based food because that is a deal breaker. People often won't give it a second chance and make sure it tastes good. But there are a lot of opportunities that don't need to require huge investments or trying to create a network for you that doesn't exist or a skill set that you don't currently have. You can absolutely apply kind of what you do on a day-to-day basis, but look for the opportunities where food is related or you can have a discussion with people that you know and will listen to you about what impacts we can make from a climate perspective. And, you know, food is always an important one to bring into that conversation. Absolutely. And I, I think that is is so important, being able to make it more relatable and also tasty. Thank you so much for joining us. It was really great to hear about your experience in the sustainable food space and how we can really do more to influence and impact the climate movement and even our own health choices through our diets and food waste reduction. So really appreciate you coming on. Hope to see you in and around the climate space and climate week again soon. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. 